Welcome everybody to an episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Miles, joined here with my co-host, Jordan, and we Absolutely. are going through Way of Kings chapter 10 through 12, uh, including the interludes 1 through 3. Um, Shorter section than I was expecting, to be honest, with chapter yeah. 12 being, like, I think the crux of it, so we'll just go ahead and burn through all of them until the interludes, there is some interesting... There's not a lot that happens, but there's a lot of conversation to be had there. Yep. Um, chapter 10 is just Kaladin's backstory. It, I think it's like, what, 10 years before? Nine years, years before. Something like that, okay. Mm-hmm. So Kaladin's father is a local surgeon within a village. Um, and Kaladin wants to be a soldier. It's like the typical, you know, young guy wants to go off via a, a yeah. hero. Yeah, wants what one. he doesn't have, blah, blah, yeah, blah. And, um. And the fa- and the par- paternal figure is like kind of teaching him, like you know, that there's more glory to be had in saving people than taking lives and whatnot. So <laughs> <laughs> the typical, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and Kaladin, for what it's worth, Kaladin is a good son. He does do a good job at studying medicine, and he's actually very gifted in memorizing the herbs and uh, different symptoms and like the medicine that goes along with those symptoms and blah blah blah. So it's uh, he, he is a gifted doctor, um, so it's not even like, you know, he doesn't pay attention. He's actually pretty good at that, too. Right. He just so, doesn't want to do it. <laughs> right. Um, so chapter 11, Kaladin goes into an honor chasm. This part kind of confused me a little bit. Um, I'm guessing the Shattered Plains is kind of, yeah, when I think of Shattered Plains, I think of like uh, um, Colorado. <laughs> Why is that? The Rockies. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean... Like, what do you think of, right? Like, well, but, maybe not the Rockies. What's that thing called? Um, it's like, it's almost like a desert. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. That's See, what, that's what I was thinking of. I was yeah, thinking yeah, of the yeah. Grand Canyon when you were talking about, um, when, well, that's what I imagine. I imagine it's just a bunch of Grand Canyons. Yeah. Um, and where, and where the can- actual mountaintops are close enough to each other that they can build a bridge between them. So. And they can't be too too tall, I'm assuming, because the bridges would be way too big. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he goes down to some chasm. Um, I, I don't really know what, what the purpose of that one was there, but Syl comes back to him and gives him the black bane, black bane, black bane, black bane leaf. leaf. Yeah. Um, which he can carry stuff. Which. So that means she can't interact with the world, but I guess it has to be on her terms. Yeah, because doesn't she phase through things? At least that's the way that I interpret Yeah, the way that they did other spren was like, if you brush your hand over it, the spren kind of like dissolve into particles and come back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess they do touch the real, or our people. Occasionally, I guess, when prompted. Yes. So um, she brings it back in hopes that it would cheer him up because I think she, <clears throat> remember we were wondering why she kind of disappeared. Like she go right. off in some quest. It, so I guess it's to try and cheer up Kaladin, but and it works because Kaladin goes back and he it's he like he gets more by the throat. Yeah, yeah. He gets kind of like hope all of a sudden, which of all things to give hope at. Was not expecting that one. 
No. Um, I thought he was going to kill Gas. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, so did I. I thought he was going to kill him and escape. Uh, but he uh, threatens Gaz, and he says, you know, you're going to make me bridge leader, and in exchange, I'm going to give you, for every five days, I'm going to give you one day's worth of wages. Uh, which we learned is not, which is obviously we learned is not much. Yeah, it's not a lot, but that's you, the continuous bribe is going to keep him in line. Um, right, right. And then at this point, Calio starts learning everyone's name, which I think is implying that he's going to be a good bridge leader, and he's going to be kind of similar to what's called the, the platoon commander that he was previously, yeah, where his bridge commander. is not going to be considered from the very mo- the most unlucky bridge to the most productive, you know, very lucky, minimal casualties, all that stuff. Right. <clears throat> so that's the end of Chapter 11, and so begins interlude... Uh, part so the first interlude and there's three interludes in there. Yeah. Ishik. I've never seen a book with interludes. I, I think it's an interesting way of transitioning from one part to the next. But which is which is funny because like like you were you were you texted me and you're like, dude, what 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 is this? Yeah, well, when I was first reading the first interlude, I'm like, I have the problem was that they threw so many names, locations, and like creatures and all that mm-hmm. at you, and. Oh, honestly, what helped, and for those of you listening who had the same issues I did, just look up a Google Images, like, picture of it. Be very careful not to read the autocorrect, or the autocomplete thing, that you're not looking at, like, I don't know, Dumbledore, Death, or something like that. Like, just <laughs> look at specifically, um, you know, what you're writing, and that's it. Don't, don't look at the autocomplete at all. And that'll help you fill in the gaps as far as location mm-hmm. um, and creature names because they were getting kind of crazy. But anyways, the first interlude, Ishik is a fisherman, and there's a girl who's like likes him, and he's like considering giving her a shot. <laughs> <laughs> if only life was like that. Um, <clears throat> usually the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's us supposed to do the chasing one. Um, <laughs> And, but this is where it gets interesting. Some foreigners come to see Ishik and they're asking him about Hoyd. Um, I'm assuming they're world hoppers, but, or like I'm certain that they're world hoppers, but I don't, the only world hopper that I know of is other than Hoyd himself, who they're looking for, is that, uh, that girl who gave, uh, wax that coin, the girl who talked to Wax at that party. The ones who also talked to Kelsier, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that was talking about his buoyancy or something. Not buoyancy, but like um, how, the it, how the weight, weight and what, interacting yeah. with the gravity of the world or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So I wonder if she's one of them. Um, but other than that, I, I, I can't. I don't even know. Because again, I'm not, I'm not good with imagery, right? I, I couldn't even begin to guess, right? But when it comes to imagery... People, uh, the the way that authors will do, you know, hinting at characters is that they'll give a sign like, oh, like he has a scar over his left eye that he keeps brushing. Like for stuff yeah. like that, I, I glance over those text parts, those words. So I never pick up on those things. And all. and they don't really, they don't really give any description. There's no description of these foreigners. It's just, oh, they okay. say they're so foreigners. Yeah. Well, um, it's not like they give like a. He was wearing a this and a that and a this and a that, or he had this. They really didn't give us anything besides saying that they were foreigners, at least that I completely recall, which is 
my recall is decent. Um, so that was the end of that first one. The second one, this is my favorite interlude in my opinion. It's uh, Nan Balat, who is Shalan's older brother. And he's a and serial killer. Is he? He's, he's Well, at the beginning, he's destroying animals. He's like, Yeah, he's, he was a little he's, he's torturing crazy animals. with the animals. I was like, um, am I reading this correctly? Right, and I, I don't know. I don't know, it was just for me, it was a little... A little off. Yeah, I was not expecting that from Shalon's brother, but... Um, he gets confirmation that she has become Yasna's ward, and so now there's like their plan is moving forward. But he does feel a little bit jealous. Like part mm-hmm. of him is like, I should have been the one to do it. I don't know how much of that is him wanting to protect Shalon and him thinking she's not ready, and how much of it is him feeling like he's missing out on the glory of saving his house. Right. And I want to I want to interject this real quick. So they do give a small description of the foreigners, the three foreigners with whom he is meeting. Two of them are dark skinned Makabaki men, one being usually thick armed for his kind and bald and the other being tall and muscular with short, short, dark hair. Hold on. Uh, Who is this? This is for the last. The three, the three foreigners. The third foreigner was lighter, tan skin like an Alethi. But Ishik notes his eyes are of different shape and that he speaks the. Soleil tongue worse than his two counterparts. So, yeah. and I, you're not going to be. I mean, dark skin. We've that read so many books, like, and they yeah, had dark skin. Like, I mean, uh, terrorisman. I don't know. Um, oh, that would be cool. Yeah. So okay. That's... God, man, I'm, I'm useless at this stuff. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, and then he gets called. Uh, this is back. Not a lot. He right. gets called by Wickham, and he's saying that they have a big problem. Uh, so, what do you think that that is? Well, obviously, I don't think Shalon has gotten back to her brothers. I don't think she's gotten any word back to her brothers. But I do think the big problem, most likely, being that there has to be some sort of conspiracy around the father, mother, or father, mother. Yeah, Shalon, some other house found duo. out that he's dead. Yes, yeah. yes, That's and there, there has to be some issues going on there. I agree. Uh, that's basically what I came, the conclusion I came to as well. That it was something sim, um, along the lines of because remember they were trying to keep his fa- their father's death a secret because right. then the you know then the vultures descend. Um, so that was the end of that interlude. Interlude three. Uh, this is following Seth the Ath- assassin. Who is still <laughs> wearing the white that he wore when he killed King Gavilar? Um, and he is currently employed by Tun, right? Uh, not not Tony, just Tun. Uh, <laughs> Tun, Tun, yeah. And they call him Kerp, which I think means child in their tongue. Yeah, I think um, a young one. Yeah. So, and he's like obeying everything, and he cuts right. off his own arm. Yeah, which I don't. I don't Wait, did he cut open his own arm? I think I don't know if he cut it completely off, but he definitely. No, he just cut his own arm. I didn't think he yeah. cut it off. Yeah, I, I was like, so when I, when I first read it, I'm like, did he cut off his arm completely? Because that seems like it's gonna have future ramifications, right? Uh, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, when I, I went back and reread, I'm like, I think he only cut his arm. Um, but anyways, he's not allowed to kill himself, so good 
for him, I guess. It's because of the oath he took, right? Yes, yeah. And I think it's a religion. He's not allowed to. And I, I'm I'm blanking on some of these names and uh, backgrounds, but I think he's from Shin, or he's a Shin religion or something like that. Um, Shinovar. Shinovar. So Shin, yeah, he's a Shin. Yeah, yeah so... Again, I don't even know what that means. Like... But I'm sure we'll get there. And this is why I love this stuff, because sometimes it's overwhelming. But at the same time, when you start piecing it together. Oh, it feels beautiful. Reads, like you, you've seen it with Expanse, too, right? When you you can tell that when you go to rewatch it, you're just going to pick up on way more. And it's going to be yeah. more exciting. And I won't. E- and the good thing is, is I won't even have to like now I have to pay extreme attention to the Expanse episodes. And yeah. when I rewatch it, I won't have to pay extreme exactly. attention to it, but I'll be able to watch it and then I'll be able to pick up on stuff as yeah. I, you know, glance. And I, we're not even, what, a quarter of the way through the first book, and I already can't wait till I reread Stormlight Archive because it's just it's just so thick and just juicy with details. Yep. And them and are I, thick boys. And I, uh, and I like rereading. You know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. So anyways, um, Seth's master... Tun again, not Tony, just Tun. He gets killed, <laughs> and he's now transferred to that new owner. And who's like, "Oh, interesting! You will do anything I say." It's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. buddy, that's the that's the whole point of the word slave." Like, come on, <laughs> keep up. Um, but I guess slave masters are not exactly the most intelligent group of people. Um, so chapter twelve, and this is where, if it felt like I was kind of rushing through there, I kind of was, but that's mostly because I re- felt like the previous. Like chapters and interludes just didn't have as much, and yes. So they um, mean they really these interludes. I think literally just are introducing us, and I think he put these in here just to introduce us to this lore and backstory of these characters a little bit. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I disagree. I don't think it's necessarily lore and backstory. I think it's in. I think it's plot driven. I think. This is like showing you this is what's happening around the world right now, and then eventually we're going to converge. This is kind of like side scenes that they show in the expanse where it's just like, okay, I don't really know who that character is or where that's happening, but I'm sure it's going to come into play later. Right, and that's kind of what it feels here. But the, I don't know, I just, the bad thing is, is that we never met Ishik before this. We've never met Ballot a lot, Ballot, Ballot. And, but the only person we've met out of this is Zeth. Zeth yeah. And he, and we already know a little bit about him, but it looks like he's taken on the role of going into hiding, pretty much. Yeah, so he's been a slave for five... How many years ago did Gavilar die? Five? I five. think it was five, right? Yeah, so he's been a slave for five years. Um, I forget, did he get captured right after he killed Gavilar, or did he go and like, get himself I think he, captured? I think, he, I think he did it all on purpose. That's what I'm I thought. I'm pretty sure right? he did it all okay. on purpose. That, that's what I thought as well. Um, if so, that has to be the worst... I don't know if that's his religion, but if that's his religion, that has to be the worst religion to follow. In yeah, you follow someone's orders, and after that, you go be a slave, self exile. Yeah, it's like good god, man. Um. So, anyways, chapter twelve, and this is there's a lot here. This uh, starts. Uh, this starts part two, right? Yeah. This yes. starts part two, the illuminating yes. storm. Normally, I w- I like to finish a part with like one episode, but I feel like on, on the same note, there's like a certain excitement of starting the first chapter on a episode right yeah like like a, like a um, cliff cliffhanger almost. exactly it's like it's like a good introduction to what we're doing 
But anyways, chapter 12. Adeline is Dalinar's son, and he hates High Prince Adeus. Now, I was thinking at the time, like, okay, because it confused me, right? I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a second. High Prince Sadeus, does that mean that Sadeus is Gavilar's son? Because he was a prince, right? Right. So I'll, I'll we'll go ahead and talk about that now. Sadeus, uh, High Prince is... Sadius. They call him Sadius in the audiobook. Sadius? Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I like Sadeus better. That's fine too, I don't really care. Um, I use it interchangeably because I'm stupid like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's different high princes that rule over a kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And then there is a king, the high king, and Gavilar and Dalinar apparently united them, so to speak, but they're kind of just a king in name. They don't really, it's kind of like, oh yeah, you're our king, but then the high prince has authority over his kingdom, another high prince has authority over his own kingdom. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, I, I, you can already see it's it, okay. The best way I would explain it is it's I don't even know. I I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um. Okay, no, no, I got it. Game of Thrones, right? You've got uh the Starks who control Winterfell, right? And right. they are the high prince of that area. And then the Lannisters who are high prince, quote unquote of that area. So, and then there is King Robert Baratheon for like a whole nine episodes, who is a king over that whole, that whole kingdom. Right. right? So high princes serve the king, but in that the king actually had true control a game of Thrones. I mean, but in this, right. it seems like, um, you know, it's like partial control. Yeah, yeah, it's more like in name, and what ends up happening is because um, Gavilar's death. Gavilar's dead. Ad- no, I'm sorry, not Adeline. Um, what's his name? What's Gavilar's son's name? Adeline. Is it Adeline? No, no, that's not right. Is that right? No, no. What's Ga- uh, Gavilar's? Adeline is Dalinar's son. Uh. Whoa, whoa. Renard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Renard, Renard. Renard. Um, no, it's the Renard. same. It's the same thing. What's the freaking? What's his name? Um. Why can't I think of the king's name? I'm I'm thinking so hard. I'm I'm really sorry for everyone mm-hmm. listening right now. We've never had this happen before. This is kind of crazy. Um, Alucar. Alucar. It's Alucar. Al- yeah, Alucar. Alucar. Yeah, Alucar. Why couldn't I? Th- we literally like, break. I remember from. it was like it was like a really like generic name. name. It was like, no, it's generic, but it was like a very like highly. It's a very regal sounding name. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so Elicar, he becomes king, right? But the problem is that the king doesn't really have power, so he kind of takes over Gavilar's, um, like, high princedom over his domain. Right. So, you, and then so uh, Dalinar kind of becomes a de facto, like, glorified bodyguard. Um, 
So this is this whole. Which you would you would think that he would become king just for just for the due fact that he has experience <laughs> over you know. No, I mean that that's never happened before, right? Like I know, I never, but... but generally speaking, the son becomes king, and if the son is too young, then it's like a regent kind of situation. That's true. Where he has advisors and yeah, whatnot, so he's not completely alone. Exactly. So the other thing is that Adeline is um is Dalinar's son and he feels bad for Dalinar, his own father, because Dalinar is like this boss. Like just I don't Where's know he... if you've ever looked up picture like a uh, art of Dalinar. It's freaking cool. He what do they call so him? Cool. The shadow something, the dark Blackthorn. They call him the Blackthorn. Yeah, Thorn. the Blackthorn. Dalinar the Blackthorn. Yeah. It's oh he might God, dude! I, sometimes I live. I wish I lived in fantasy times because, my God, it's it's epic. Their um, names are so much cooler than ours. Like, not to be rude to anybody out there, but for real, their names are cooler than ours. Oh, I mean, dude, <laughs> I, I will take even um, a mediocre name in a fantasy setting over what I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking uh, up pictures of them, and they're comparing them to um, Wrath from. Uh, 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 they make, yeah, they're making him look the same as Wrath from Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, he does seem pretty cool, but anyways, Dalinar is like this war hero, basically, right? Him and Gavilar are famous, and they just they kind of teased it. I'm sure that we're gonna cover it later. They teased it that Dalinar and Gavilar had united the kingdoms, so. Excited to see what that's about. Um, and anyways, Dalinar seems like he has survivor's guilt because he seems very guilty about not being there to help, or not even help, but like protect Gavilar because it's like, again, he seems like a de facto bodyguard. Right. Um, so there's a voice in his head telling him, and I th- at first I thought this was, the voice in his head was the message that was left to him by Gavilar upon his death. Uh, right. which, well, but, it's, but it's not right. And it's, uh, it's a voice that he's actually hearing in his head that's saying, unite, unite them. And it's warning of the coming Everstorm, which. Right. And that reminded me of Ruin when he used to talk to the Inquisitors. You know what mm. I mean? Like mm. that reminded me of how Ruin used to talk to his Inquisitors pretty much that, you know what I mean? Like that right. transfer of like, you know what I mean? Cause obviously there's the person talked to him, talking to him. I doubt it's like a mystic or a, a this or shaman. I bet you it's got to be the storm father or some God on this planet. That's talking. Right. So, um, the thing about Dalinar is he's just really cool. He's quickly becoming probably my second favorite, possibly my favorite character in the book so far. He's just grizzled veteran. And, you know, he, you can tell that he's like got that, um, that old veteran feel because he he doesn't like war anymore he doesn't care about the glory he doesn't care about people insulting him to his face essentially or being passive aggressive he doesn't care about any of that stuff his son is getting insulted on his behalf but he himself is like ah i don't care whatever yeah it's like it's it's not that big deal um but clearly he still got it right uh right obviously through the this 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 uh chapter he he still got it yeah uh, Elakar is wanting to continue this hunt really badly because he wants to show everyone that he's tough and he under and understandably so Elakar is very, very wary of assassins. Like he's totally right. cool with fighting a war on a battlefield. But he's afraid of the 
He's cool with swords coming at him. He's afraid of the dagger in his back. Right. Um, and, I mean, wouldn't you be if your father got killed yeah, by an assassin? Right? I mean, you know exactly. what I mean? It's like one of those things. And they, I think it's funny how, like, they, like, like right away in the book, they pretty much say that, like, he's kind of going a little crazy like Gavilar is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, the thing I actually really liked about the rendition of Elokar here is that we talk a lot especially in modern society about like you know oh uh, kids will make mistakes and there's usually similar kind of mistakes and then when they get older they learn from them and whatnot right but mm-hmm. then they will go back and warn younger kids and then those kids will not listen will not heed the warning and then they themselves will make the similar mistake again right um but then of course you get every now and then you get that one kid who will listen to his elders and then he won't make those mistakes yes he'll make different kinds of mistakes but he won't make the mistakes that his elders uh warned him against that's rare <laughs> um but elicar seems like that kind of person he seems like the person like he learned from gavilar and now he's very wary of assassins mm-hmm. um and some people criticize him for that and i don't think that that's right or fair and we sometimes do that in modern society as well where it's like well why is he not um going out there and having fun why is he not doing this it's like well because he's afraid of committing the mistakes that most young men make right now you know because it's funny how like you go we go through especially in modern society you know he'll have somebody be like yes i made this mistake just just don't make it you'll be fine don't do it but yet as young men young women we all just make this mistake and learn the hard way. It's like, well, right. if we would have not done that, it would have been a lot easier on us. Yes. And I'll be honest, and this is not me trying to show off. And Jordan could probably attest to this. I actually don't. I actually did listen to my elders, and I did not make the mistakes that most people like our age made growing up. But again, I just made different set of mistakes that mm-hmm. no one was around to really warn me against. Um, but that's, you know, people will ask me, it's like, well, why didn't, and sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I wish I did just go the traditional route and just made the mistakes that everyone else made, because then at least I'd have enjoyed some of the stuff that I missed out on, you know? Right. Um, Which really, in turn, you're, you're really not, you think you're missing out, but I've always <laughs> learned that you're just not missing out. You're just not. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, I really like, it, at first, I thought that Elokar was not a great king. Then I kind of got down. Dalinar is also wise. He's really wise. Yeah, and it's funny how Adolin talks to him, like his son Adolin. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't like their dynamic right now. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't know. We just seem that it just seems like there's no respect between Adolin and Dalinar. Like. Like, true respect, you know what I mean? Especially, like, I don't know. No, 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 I, I feel you. I, I, I disagree that I don't think that there's respect, but I feel like almost, I, I understand what you're saying. Is for Adeline, it's like pity. Yeah, like, he's going almost. crazy. Sorry, yeah, old man. And he's like, he feels a need to, to, I don't know, protect his father's honor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, it is, for uh, Adeline, it is a... How do I put this? A young man's like mistake where they think they place honor so highly on, on their list of priorities. Um, right. At this Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So, but yeah. So anyways, um, there's a guy who comes up and his name is Wit. 
Now I know yeah. this guy's going to be important. I, I just know it. Uh, Why do you say that? Well, because I ordered a bunch of... You've seen the Stormlight Archive coins that I have, right? They're in the Dragon Wood Shop thing. They're on this like this right. little wood yeah, yeah, glass yeah, yeah. case. Well, there's another coin that came with that set. What you had to order separately. It's called a... It's, it's a wit. So I know for a fact that wit is important. <laughs> okay, so... Using merchandise, wit, I know wit is important. <laughs> they don't tell us who wit is, do they? No, it's just his, uh, it's a title. It's yeah, kind of, I know, it's but they don't tell gesture. us who he yeah. is. Yeah, they don't tell us exactly who, who do you is. think he is. Um, I don't know that if he's necessarily important as far as, like, character, like, uh, a relationship goes. But he could be. I don't know. Kelsier, I don't know. <laughs> that would be super cool. No, it's Ellen, because he knows how to run a kingdom. So, uh, Oh, that too. Um. But yeah, no, he, uh, Ellen, good God. Uh, wit is, he's kind of witty and he really puts people in his place. He's kind of passive aggressive and kind of insults people with words and whatnot. Dalinar, sorry, not, uh, yeah, Dalinar hates him. Um, but anyways, um, they are, the, the hunt is kind of interesting. It starts off horribly and that's how the chapter ends, but we'll back up a little bit. Um, they hunt with these massive bows, which is like a storm, sh- uh, sh- a shard blade. They said, right? They said it's like a shard blade, but not. No, the, uh, people wanted to name it shard bow, to which Alan did not like because he felt like shard, both shard plates and shard blades are ancient artifacts that there's only like a limited number of. They, right, they have a historical significance, whereas the shard bows were like. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a soul call, caster like, almost. It's yeah, like a soul yeah. caster. Yeah, you can make more, you can find more and whatnot. Whereas with a shard blade and shard plates, you kind of have to like almost earn it, and there's only a limited number of them around. How many sets of shard plate and shard blades are there? Ten? I have a feeling it's ten. Right? I for the ten um, heralds, radiance or heralds. Yeah. So, uh, and they were designed by Navani, who is Gavilar's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wait, is that right? Navani? Brother? Sorry, no. no. Uh, wife. Wife. Gavilar's wife, sorry. Gavilar's wife developed him along with the help of someone else. I don't... I don't. Was it Yasna? I think it might have been Yasna who helped develop it. So Navani and their daughter, Yasna. So yes. Yasna, by the yeah. way, is Alucard's sister so that's galar's yep. daughter so so Dalinar's. obviously very important yeah um and remember yes that's the one that shalon wanted to be a ward of um so now and this is a correction of what we were saying for the past few episodes where we thought that Yasna was gavilar and dalinar's sister but it is actually gavilar's daughter right um and somebody actually in the discord corrected us as well i forget the name now um, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Uh, and yeah, so the hunt starts terribly because there is like a yes. bait and the bait was tied to the end of the rope. And now that bait is missing and that rope is frayed, implying probably the bait was killed and eaten. And it's basically this large bug creature. But you call it a bug? No, no, a bug creature. I forget what... Chasm Fiend, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, it's a Chasm Fiend. Yeah. 
Let's see. Cool name, but yeah. Uh... I'm going to look it up. Yeah, oh so, my. Yeah, it's oh just my. this massive. I remember looking it up then too. And it, it is, is a bug. It is a bug. Yeah, I never, just... I never looked it up. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's some cool concept art with this. Oh yeah, no, and, okay. So I, this is, I actually planned on making a Reddit post about this. The thing about fantasy sci-fi books is, if you're a fan and you have any sort of artistic talent, make art of that book. Like, just make fan art of it because right. that alone will hype people to want to read and experience that. Um, right. There's a lot, a lot of fan art for um, Stormlight, and it just is it really, yeah, oh yeah. There's so much, and it made me so hyped to want to read. There used to be a battle royale video game. Battle royale video game. Kelsier uh, versus Dalinar. Go. I think Kelsier smashes. I think. Well, I think Mistborns in general smash most of the Cosmere. I don't know about that. We haven't seen we haven't, we haven't seen, seen the magic system sure. here. We haven't, sure, but so far I would say Mistborn kind of smashes every. Well, you can't use Aeons off cell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. sure. So even so, if you so. even if you could, I feel like um, Mistborns would win. You'd have to draw so fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By then, you already have a coin through your brain. Oops. But yeah, awesome. no, this so, and then there is a couple things I want to bring up. Um, when he was racing, Dalinar, when he was racing King Alucar, he said the thrill of contest began to rise within him. It wasn't nearly as keen as a thrill of battle, but it was a worthy substitute. But the mm -hmm. thrill, the word thrill is capital T. So there yeah, has to be some magical that. thing there. I don't think it's just like, it's obviously different than lowercase t, right? It's not just the thrill of that, you know, the thrill of battle, thrill of competition. There is like some magic thing there, I think. Right. Um, there's another thing that I highlighted, and it was a good quote, and I liked it a lot. It's uh, the hallmark of insecurity is bravado, and I think that that that's a very <laughs> it's a very good quote. It fits as, today. <laughs> it does. Um, I think it fits a lot of people. I I feel like on a certain level, it fits me as well. So, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like. Um, the way that he explained it is like you can try and be uh, brave on certain. You know what I mean? You can be trying brave, but that you're doing that to hide your insecurity. Insecurities. Yeah. When it's better technically to confront your insecurities and figure out a way to cope with them. Basically, yeah. Which is tough because it's like, oh, I'm insecure of battle. Uh, well, I mean, you, you kind of can't be, buddy. You're a soldier. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I got it. So that is about going to do it from us for that episode. Um, next time we'll be covering chapters 13 through 17. So until next time. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>